Hey, everybody, we are popping into your newsfeed quite unexpectedly, are we not? Surprise. Yeah, we are. Surprise. Yeah. So there is so much going on right now, and we have some things that we wanted to share, some things that have been on our hearts, and we didn't want you to have to wait until season eight starts to hear from us. So with that said, Dan and I have this podcast because we feel qualified to talk about the things that we talk about all the time. However, before we jump into today's topic, we wanted to start by addressing something that we are absolutely not qualified to talk about as two white human beings. So we believe on the whole that it's better to have the discussion than to be silent about it. Yeah. As I was like over the circumstances over the last, you know, 10 days or so following the death of George Floyd. And we're at this moment where in my lifetime, this is like the greatest catalyst I feel like for change. And I'm, I desperately just didn't want this to be like, I feel like I've seen this before, like something big happens and there's this big social media uproar. And then all of a sudden it just trails back off. Right. And I, I just wanted to do more. I think we wanted to do more than just posting something on social media and moving on. You know, we don't really know how to talk about this topic, but I saw a post from, uh, her name is Akila Hughes on Twitter. I think she's at Akila, obviously. She said, if you want to play the piano, but you're bad at playing the piano, you practice and you get better. Don't be the kind of white person who doesn't post at a fear of messing up. If you want to support black people, but you're bad at supporting black people, practice and get better. And I feel like that was the eye opener. We needed to have this conversation and say, like, number one, we would be remiss if we posted an episode and just like moved on with our normal scheduled programming without one saying we support the Black Lives Matter movement, but not just on social media, but by actually saying and doing and trying to educate ourselves. And well, if anybody knows me knows that I'm very rarely at a loss for words. I tend to talk even when I'm nervous and I talk just to fill up space. And right now I'm at a loss for words, watching all of the videos and reading and talking with my friends in the black community about what real change looks like and what actionable things are that we really need to do. We felt that it was better to say we support the Black Lives Matter movement. We are doing our best to listen at more than just speak and talk. We just wanted to do more, like I said, than just checking the box of, you know, some corporate looking thing on social media and moving on with our day. For sure. You and I both, Dan, have been doing things just like on a very personal level to educate ourselves during this time. I know we've both been donating and doing what we can to show up as better human beings tomorrow, right? That is ultimately our goal. And as we kind of start talking about our topic that we are going to talk about, we are talking about obviously COVID-19, which is another really heavy subject. However, it's an area that we want to talk about because we know that it's very relevant right now and we want to give you guys that help. But please know that as Dan and I are educating ourselves and continue to do so, we want to hear from you as well. If you come across something or know of any resources, obviously we've been donating and doing all that. Please do not hesitate to share them with us. We will do everything we can to learn more as well as share those resources out to our community as well. The best way to do it is via our Instagram at put a ring on a podcast, but we so welcome and encourage that from everyone so, so much right now. Yeah, we are not in a position to try to make sense of this or interpret it in any way. But we, Danielle and I, both want to just do better and work and know actionable steps to make real change. Because this is the time when I feel like I'm handing a world to my children and so many of us black lives, uh, the BIPOC community, right? Like we're all handing this world to our children. And I think we need to all step up and 
hand a better world to our children where we are all equal, you know, where black lives really do matter. 100% I agree, Dan. So we love you guys very, very much. And I guess, should we talk about some COVID stuff, Dan? Yeah, let's do an update from P-A-R-O-I on C-O-V-I-D. Yeah. And everything that we're talking about here might be triggering for you. And if you're in the headspace right now where you are not in the right mindset to listen to this information, that is totally okay. You do not have to do that right now as we talk about some tough stuff with regard to your wedding and COVID and things are all very real and raw right now. So we get that. But please know that as we discuss what we're going to discuss today, we are not medical experts. We're not economical experts. We are not safety experts. We're here to share what we've been experiencing and maybe provide some comfort wherever possible. But because of a million different factors, we can't tell you what to do or advise you in any way, shape, or form. We just hope to provide you with some information to make your way forward a little bit more clear for you and for your partner as you decide how to navigate all of this together. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, to give you guys an update and just to get real transparent here, we're recording this on June 5th here in Pennsylvania. So, which is the first day actually where the counties that Dan and I live in are actually moving to the next phase where we're like just starting to reopen. Like we're peeping that window open just a little bit. So I am both excited as well as terrified of what the next few days ahead are going to look like in our area. But it's kind of a little baby step in the next direction. Yep. We can talk a little bit about, you know, what the rollout phase or the opening up phase looks like in Pennsylvania. Your state's probably going to be a little bit different, but I think that it's important that you kind of hear where we're at and where Pennsylvania is at. So the phases that we have been given in Pennsylvania is that we've got kind of like a stoplight thing going on. The red phase is basically everything's closed. Everybody stays at home. Essential businesses are the only thing that's open and that's it. And now we're moving at pretty much today is to the yellow phase. And that means that some things are opening up, gatherings of under 25 people are permitted, but there's still no gyms, casinos, salons, you know, or those things kind of allowed to open. The last thing, which who knows when this is going to happen, I still it's all very unclear still as to what green phase actually is, basically says follow CDC guidelines. So that's a lot of interpretation that we're going to have to figure out when those time and moments come, but it's going to be something. That's for sure. Right, exactly. So what are you seeing in your weddings? Oh, that's a really good question. So I mean, without sharing too much overall right now, what's been happening is that any wedding we were supposed to have starting from March until today has been postponed or downsized in some sort of way to still fall within the guidelines that are kind of in place. So right now there is a big question mark kind of over the upcoming months ahead, but on the whole, most of my summer weddings have opted to move either to the fall or to 2021 entirely. And mainly it was because they had so many people coming from out of the area. By nature, I tend to work with a lot of clients who are either not from the area or a lot of their guests are not coming from the area. And just the travel and lodging factor alone was enough for them to say, you know what, it's just going to be easier for us and for our guests if we push this out a little bit more. Yeah, I'm seeing basically the same thing. A lot of my couples from March, April, May, June, and July are moving towards the end of the year in fall or completely adding a year onto their planning and going towards 2021. I am seeing a lot of couples saying, 
hey, we're moving our big wedding, but we have been planning for this date for a year, two years. And this is the date we've been telling people and the date we have been expecting in our hearts and that we've been wondering. So we're still going to do something very small, 10 people, whatever. So actually tomorrow, June 6th, um, I have a wedding out in Harrisburg that is in a church. It's just parents and two siblings on either side and the couple. That's it. And they moved the rest of the wedding later, but they're having this very small thing, not at a restaurant or anything. They're going to go back to starting at like her parents' house, going to the church, getting married, and then going back to her parents' house for like a little reception dinner. But yeah, it's kind of it. I haven't seen anybody cancel yet, any of my couples, but everybody's postponing and fingers crossed and holding on for hope. That's about it. That's awesome. I'm leaning very hard into the idea that love is not canceled because while some couples are having to hold off on the party and the celebration and the stuff that quite frankly is some of the best parts of a wedding where like everybody gets to celebrate. That's such an amazing thing and come together gathering. It's literally what the point is of a wedding is everyone gathering to celebrate. But not the meaning not the meaning of a wedding. Exactly. But it's at the heart of the party is the gathering. So what is so nice to see is the couples that are just refocusing and finding ways to still have a meaningful day together. And it's so wonderful to see all of that for sure. Yeah, I feel like, Danielle, you have a unique perspective on this because since I'm a photographer, I'm kind of like just, you know, I'm helping and working with my couples. But since you're in like a management role with a lot of weddings, you're staying on top of all these things so much for your couples and being so in and so hands on and working with them and taking over a lot of the planning side of things. So I feel like you've got so much of this knowledge. And I hate to ask you this, but I'm wondering if there's any educated guesses or predictions that you think you might be able to give to us? <laughs> well, if that's not a loaded question, <laughs> I don't know what is. Also, you must know all of the Facebook friends that I'm acquaintance is with that have taken to asking me who they haven't talked to in years. And since they are coming to me saying, Danielle, we don't know what to do. What are your thoughts? So... Okay, we really can't predict when things will return to normal, right? Like, we obviously hope that it's as soon as possible, or it's as soon as it's safely possible to do so. Because if we're returning to events, that also means that less people are getting sick, less people are losing their lives from this, less people are losing loved ones for this. So that should go without saying, but I still want to make that clear. When this all started, it's crazy that we thought this was only going to be for a few weeks when clearly this is a much longer game than we initially expected, right? I personally, as Danielle, believe that until a vaccine is made available, I'm not sure that things will be quote unquote normal or anything like we saw prior to all of this before that vaccine is really made available. And while there is a lot of speculation and a lot of room for interpretation, there's a few key areas that I want to share with you guys so that you know kind of what the industry on the whole is preparing for mentally until we get more guidance from what we are and are not going to be allowed. And I don't say any of this to scare you or to put you in a headspace of like, oh my gosh, we don't know what's happening and uh. I say all of this to let you process it, to let you have a conversation with your partner so that you are on the same page as you approach your venue and say, hey, what things are we going to have to abide with? What is that all going to look like so that you know how you feel about it going in? So there's some key areas to this. And again, we have no idea. This is just what I'm seeing. As Dan said, I have my eyes or my ears to the ground. I just live on Zoom these days on webinars and all of that. As with you all, I have my master's degree in Zoom and it's all good. <laughs> so some of the areas we're going to see, I anticipate 
some restrictions on is obviously physical distancing. There is the term social distancing. Weddings are meant to be social, but I think it's going to be about doing what we can to keep people physically distant when we can. Some states are going to have a max number. It may also depend on what your venue can typically hold. Currently, Pennsylvania is looking at about a 50% capacity with a max of 250 people. So there's a whole bunch of different things, and it is going to vary by state. Yeah. So I think we should clarify that point that you just made because people are seeing, oh, a gathering up to 250 people. That's great, right? But what that really means is say you have a wedding venue, uh, the fire code says it can hold 150 people. Currently, right, and correct me if I'm wrong, in Pennsylvania, that means you can have 50% of the fire code up to 200 people. So if your venue can only hold 150, you'd only be allowed 75, right? Right, exactly. So to clarify, that is once we get into the green zone. That's not now. But yes, at the same token, if your venue could hold 1,000 people, 50% of that is 500, but we still can't hold that. It's maxed at 250. So I agree, Dan. I think we're seeing these numbers come out. Like Ohio, I'm pretty sure, said 300. And it feels exciting because that can cover quite a bit of people's weddings. But I really think it's going to come down more to the venue. The venues are tasked with trying to figure this out and interpret it and do so in a way that is safe for everybody. I don't envy them one bit, but that is what it's going to come down to. So please don't hear that number and be like, oh, we're good. There's a little bit more nuances to it. Yep. Another area is going to be dancing. Ooh. Kind of a big one. Uh, yeah. It's a little murky in some areas whether or not dancing is going to happen. Uh, food service as well. We expect a major shift towards minimizing food that's like touched by any more people than it needs to be touched, right? By so like no buffets, no self-serve food, anything like that. And that's like- Not the worst thing. Yeah, like you can still have food. There's certainly <laughs> there's certainly you worse can, things. You can still have food. Here's your food. I know, right? Like, ah, man, it's it's tricky. But like, as we say these things, it can hurt the heart quite a bit. And that's tough. And I think masks is obviously a big thing on a lot of people's mind. As a couple, you don't necessarily grow up planning your wedding and anticipate grandma and grandpa in masks and all of this. And that's tough. That can be really tough. But at the end of the day, if you are going to have everyone be gathering together, the masks are going to be tough, but everyone's safety really is going to be what's most important. Yeah. So I think the natural question from here is like, well, what should we do if we're getting married this year? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> How many times have you been asked that question? Uh, 74 billion. I'm rounding up, but somewhere around there for sure. And like, I get it. That's the what whole point. Do? Yeah, exactly. What do we do? I've told every single one of my couples that my crystal ball is out for repairs and it's the worst timing I could have ever possibly <laughs> imagined. Right. Um, but it's true. Nobody has a crystal ball. So it is really tough. And I recognize that our couples that are currently planning a wedding are in a really tough spot. It just is what it is. Yeah. So I'm going to say this because I feel like I think I know where you were going with this because we have been friends for a long time and I know you. And I feel like the first point that you would probably make, but I'm going to make it for you so it sounds better, is that <laughs> you need to have a conversation with your planner and your venue, right? That's true. So off topic, would now be a good time for people who don't have a planner to consider getting one to help with some of these changes and that kind of stuff? Oh my goodness, yes. 100% yes. That was not a planned question. Like now I'm thinking about it, like if people are just like stressed out and freaked out, like it might be good to have somebody who's got connections, who's got contacts, who knows the venues, blah, 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 to like come in and also help. So that might be something to consider. All right, you can take it from there. Was that where you were going to go? Yeah, no, that's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah, what you should do 
or what's on your mind, the conversation needs to start with your planner and with your venue. And if you don't have a planner with your venue, they are currently the ones not in charge, but they're the keystone to everything right now. So you want to find out how is your venue handling everything? What restrictions are they planning for? What are they preparing for? Are they allowing postponements? What are their policies? All of those different things. What dates do they have available? Because right now, the industry on the whole has postponed so many dates that the normal ecosystem of what upcoming months looks like for availability has shifted drastically. So These are all conversations that I would say you want to have respectfully with your venue sooner rather than later. This is not the time to make threats to your venue or demands about what you want. This is a time to have a good, open-minded conversation to understand where they're at as a business and a company that is trying to serve and then where you're at as far as the event that you want to hold. Yep. And if you've got a lot of free time and you want to read a book about negotiating, check out the book by Chris Voss called Never Split the Difference. It's a great book. Um, and I feel like it's good for people to know how to negotiate properly. I'm <laughs> I'm all for negotiating. I just don't know if there's anything to negotiate with right now because there's just going to be safety precautions in place that people are going to need to follow and it'll just need to kind of go from there. So It's more about like the approach. Like you said, you don't want to make threat. In general, you always want to, you know, just be kind and generous and courteous and show people uh, the person on the other end that they're just a person, not a means to an end or just a pawn. Yeah, oh, for sure. Exactly. Nobody, I shouldn't say nobody because I really can't speak to that. But on the whole, the wedding industry right now is trying to bend over backwards to do what they can to make weddings happen with minimal setbacks to any of their clients is really what it's coming down to. I think the hardest thing is that it's happening on a max scale, which no business could have prepared for something quite to this level. So it's everybody's navigating it a little bit differently and learning things along the way. I think once you know your options, though, and what your venue is and isn't allowing and all the different things, you can have a better understanding of what you can and can't do. And you can make a decision of what you need to do from there. But overall, and we have talked about this so many times in this podcast, but when it comes to making a decision, think about your guests. Will you be able to maintain a safe environment for them once alcohol gets involved? That gets really tricky, but are they going to feel comfortable traveling and attending if they aren't local? There's so many factors, and this is where only you, knowing your guests, can know what's best. Right. I think that there's like mental safety component to this where if things open up, is the next day everybody going to feel comfortable hopping on an airplane or traveling or attending, right? This is like we always say, this is your party for everybody else. And their safety has to be number one. Like imagine if you got everybody there and it's like day two after opening up, what happens once the drinks start flowing and everything gets a little crazy and liquid courage gets involved? You know, is everybody going to still be able to respect the venue's policy? and adhere to the safety rules. Exactly. And it feels scary to say it because I don't say it from a place of threat by any stretch, but like think of it from the perspective of if someone were to get sick at your event and then it spreads from there, you don't want that. Ultimately, it was what it comes down to. And I know that if your wedding's happening in the very near future, it may be time to make a decision if you haven't yet. If it's happening a few months out, maybe you still have a little bit more time to kind of see what the next few weeks hold as the area you're in starts to open back up. I think that's like a fair thing for sure. Can we talk a little bit about the idea of postponing, Dan? Because I know you have some thoughts on this for sure. I do. Um, Would you like to start it off? No, I think you should. 
Okay, fair enough. So you've made the decision to postpone. And the vast majority of couples who I've talked to have said that was the most agonizing part of the process, right? Figuring out how to postpone. And once they've made that decision, they kind of said, I'm not saying that they got excited again, because there's still, you know, a little bit of weight to that. But what they did say is that there was a little bit of sense of relief, where they could refocus their energy and their excitement and resources back on this new date. So I would say is make that decision to postpone. And once you've made that decision, start reaching out to all of your vendors, right? So when all of my couples contacted me, I basically had a list of every single date from the day that they contacted me through to like the end of the year, I think is what I started with. And it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Everything that was green was open. Everything that was yellow was like a maybe date. And then reds obviously were no go. But one of the things to realize is that the longer that you wait, the more used up or the less availability that your wedding professionals are going to have, right? Because as time goes, their dates next year, say you decide to postpone to 2021. I've got regular couples who are already having 2021 weddings who are contacting me for those dates. So if you start looking at new dates, I would say that your the vast majority of your people's, your vendors' availability, if you can do a Thursday, a Friday, or a Sunday wedding, if you move off of the idea of a Saturday, you're going to see a lot more availability pop up. Now, it might be difficult for some people to like think about not having a Saturday wedding, blah, blah, blah. But I can also tell you that you will probably have a much easier time rescheduling if you move off of that Saturday date. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some days there, even look at like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're not going to share an anniversary date with anybody else really that you know. A world of opportunity opens up. And I think if you keep an open mind about it, as long as obviously it works for you and for your guests, I think there's a huge opportunity there and that your venue allows it as well. There's a huge opportunity there to transfer and postpone your event with like minimal setbacks. Yep. It's basically what it comes down to. So as you kind of go through all of this, I know on the whole, a lot of my couples definitely have said once they made the decision to postpone, it felt like a big weight kind of came off of them because they were just able to kind of go back and refocus on a whole bunch of other things. This was sitting really heavily on their mind. So if you're considering it, maybe give yourself a deadline and say, okay, by this date, we're going to make a decision. We're going to use the information we have, especially if your wedding's coming up in the near future and make your decision from there, because otherwise it can be really hard to get yourself to that point. You know, maybe this is you climbing up the hill. Maybe once you get to that point, you can kind of like cruise down the hill and feel a little bit better. I feel like there's like a, one of your mountain analogies in there, Dan, but I don't have it right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I think, again, as wedding professionals, this is completely unique, right? And we're trying to figure out systems and all that kind of stuff. It's devastating for all of us, right? And I know you and I, Danielle, have a very personal approach towards photographing, well, towards our wedding couples. And there's a balance, right? Like we're all hurting. So the more that we all treat each other with as much kindness and generosity and try to work together towards like a new goal, I think that we're all going to get a lot more done that way. And you'll have more uh, vendors that stick with you and you'll be able to hire more of them by just being extra communicative, trying to work together and going from there. I agree. I think the other question that we're getting a lot is for those couples that are planning weddings in 2021. Should we keep planning? What do we do? Everything feels crazy right now. Yes. 
I agree. So I think that on the whole, if you're getting married in 2021 or later, I think you should do what feels right to you. But on the whole, I would say yes to keep planning, especially if you haven't booked your key vendors yet. Because as we mentioned before, everyone's availability is starting to decrease a lot faster than we ever have normally seen. Like the ecosystem of that is definitely really off. It's possible we'll see about three quarters of a year's worth of weddings push to the next year. Like that's the thing that many of us are preparing for right now. So you want to be mindful of that as you kind of go through. I'm not saying rush into any decision, but many of us can only work so many weddings a day or a weekend. Dan does two a weekend max. I do one a weekend max. So those are all things that you want to consider. But that is on the whole, the best advice I can give you. If something in your gut is saying this does not feel right, I say respect that and do from there. I just want you to have the information that if you're kind of putting things on the back burner, that that might be a risk that you're taking in vendor's availability as you kind of go through it. There's also a factor of (laughs) (laughs) you may have people in your life right now that are feeding you a bunch of unhealthy information. And I really hope that we are not any of those people. What I mean is the people that are saying, yo, my gosh, you're crazy to plan a wedding for July of 2021. This will never happen, yada, yada, yada. I don't know of anybody who's qualified to make that call right now, unless you're like very close in the world of event industry or like that, you know, when a vaccine is coming or like, you know, information medically that we don't. But otherwise, (laughs) it is okay to hear their opinion out, but know that you get to choose what to do with those opinions. If the opinion is coming from someone who does not know more than you do at this point, that opinion may not be super helpful to listen to or healthy to listen to. Yeah. And I said this a little bit ago, but more than ever, it's important to work with real quality professionals, right? Like I'm working with all my couples, trying to create plans for things that are going to happen, but we don't know what the fall is going to look like. Everything might be good and open back up or could still be here. So many of us, I think who this is our livelihood and you know, we want to do good for our couples. We are working on putting systems in place that can be as helpful as possible, but also make sure you're working with a planner. If you don't have one, it might be a good time to spend the extra money so you can have some guidance and a North Star or a captain riding the helm. I'm a hyper emotional person and it's very easy for me to make emotional decisions. It's good to sometimes have somebody who's less emotional who can take a very objective standpoint of helping you plan your wedding. Exactly. Quality wedding planners right now are doing everything they can to educate themselves on what's to come, on things that we should be preparing for. They're talking with the venues. They have their ears to the ground, unlike anybody else right now. And because we're planners, like Dan said earlier, we're in this management role, right? We have to make sure that we're leading the team and doing the best with that. This is a fantastic time to bring a planner onto your team who will have your back and help explain these things to you as you navigate it together. No way am I saying that planners have all the answers, but if they're going to have answers, they're going to have it a lot sooner than probably a lot of other people right now. And that's because it's our job too. So everything that we're saying right now, we recognize that it might be really tough to hear and that's okay, right? You're allowed to feel sad or worried or angry about your day and what's going on because it's a real thing. Yes, there are also bigger things going on. Life and death matters, but that doesn't make this something that you should just get over right now. Like you're allowed to feel what you need to feel as you kind of navigate all of this. 
Yep. And I think there will be a time when you're ready to like look for the joy and look forward to the planning and stuff again. I think, Danielle, you say some good things a lot about how your thoughts determine your feelings, something like that. Yes. It's called the model. It's from a life coaching school thing that I recently came upon, and I will link to it in the show notes. But basically, the idea is that there are circumstances always, and those circumstances will trigger thoughts in our heads. And from those thoughts will determine our feelings. Those feelings will fuel our actions, and our actions will determine our results, right? So what that means is that if something is happening and a thought enters your head that is negative, or that has like a negative vibe to it. The feelings that we're going to attach to that are also going to be negative. Our actions from there are going to follow suit, and then our results are going to follow suit. And that's okay. But when you're ready, and like Dan said, when you're ready to feel that joy again, the circumstances don't need to change for you to change your thoughts. And I know that is far easier said than done. But if you're thinking positively, you're going to feel better, and you're going to feel more positive. Then your actions are going to follow suit with that, and the results from it are also going to happen. So it is truly in your hands with your thoughts. And again, guys, super vulnerability moment here. But as a huge negative self-talker, I've recognized that that is so much easier said than done. And my heart goes out to you because I know that it is a lot to say, well, just change your thoughts because it's not that easy. But know that there is a lot of power in that and you do hold that power because we cannot control everything that happens to us, but we can control how we handle them. So some of the things that we can do to kind of help reframe the situation a little bit, if that helps, if you're postponing your wedding, for example, maybe you can say, hey, we have more time to plan now, or we have more time to save up for that extra thing we wanted, but we didn't think was going to fit in the budget, or we have time to reevaluate some things, you know, we might have rushed into deciding on. At the same time, if you're going small, like if you're saying, okay, we're going to cut the guest list drastically, maybe you can say like, hey, we have a chance to create something extra special bomb diggity for our VIP guest. We have a great excuse to make it just the two of us. We no longer have to worry about inviting people that didn't mean as much to us. And I'm talking to you, mom's friends who I don't know, but mom really (laughs) wants to invite, right? Like you can splurge on things that you couldn't splurge on before. There is so much room for reframing this. And if you need help, shoot us a message on Instagram and I will help you reframe it because this is something I'm super passionate about because your wedding should be a wonderful thing to celebrate. And while it's going through an absolute real bump in the road right now, you're going to get over to the other side of it. And Dan, I know you have an amazing thing to share with this. So go ahead. Yes. Like I'm naturally a kind of a positive person. I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Have you ever read that, read that book? Yeah. So there's a part of it where he talks about like the negative feedback loop, I think is what he call it, where it's like, you know, you like get upset that you're getting upset that you're like, and then you're like try to get out, but you have negative thoughts and you're like upset about having the negative thoughts. And then it's like this whole cycle, right? Sometimes I can do well with like, not tough love, but like I can do well with like a dose of reality and somebody saying like, no, 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 this is what it is. Think about it this way, right? Like just being like, no, here, this is it. Think of it this way. Boom, done. And there's a Navy SEAL, his name's Jocko Willink. He's got this interesting video on YouTube. I don't know if anybody out there has ever listened to it. He's talking about this stories about when he was in the service and he was like a platoon leader or something. 
And it's just this very straightforward kind of reminder of sometimes when you need like a little kick in the butt to say, hey, no, no, refocus on these things. And it's by Jocko Willink. It's called Good. It's like very rapid fire. And he's like talking about like these decisions that he's making and all that stuff. He's like, uh, oh, the mission got canceled. Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get the high speed gear we wanted. Good. We can keep it simple. Didn't get promoted. Got tapped out. You know, good. More time to get better. Right. Like all these things. And he's just like kind of knocking them down. And I just love this idea of reframing because tomorrow still happens happens. So so something that, you know, if if you respond well to that kind of stuff, you respond like a little bit well to like, not tough love, but like I said before, that might be a good one for you to link to. It's on YouTube. You can buy a poster of it too. I have one in my home gym. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, when you mentioned it before, I actually watched it. It is a you video. I will say that very much, Dan, but it's really short. I was expecting it to be a long thing. Yeah, it's a very short thing. I will definitely link to it in the show notes because I think it's just good to hear. Very you thing. (laughs) It is a very you thing. Yeah. Straightforward. To me, it's powerful, right? It's not for everybody for sure. That is good. Yeah, but it's like, it wouldn't be, it's not like insensitive in any way, shape or form. Like it's just a very real talk and it was really good. So I'm thankful that you shared it and we'll definitely share it with everybody else too. So that's kind of what we have for you guys as of right now. Um, We really know that (laughs) so much can happen over the course of just a few weeks. We're going to be coming back with season eight very soon. Follow us on Instagram and you'll know when we're coming back for season eight. But in the meantime, know that you can always reach out to us. We are here for you guys. Our Patreon community, we've been doing some tweaks over there. So if you are interested in supporting the show, we have amazing things in store for you guys to head to it, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. And our Instagram is at put a ring on it podcast. All right, everybody hang in there, stay safe and Black Lives Matter.